welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you. Welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we will be talking about the films, Dolphin Tale 2, and also the L.A. premiere. Also talking about the movie Innocence and Forgotten Four. Right now I'm talking with Jerry and Samantha on Dolphin Tale 2. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. And how are you doing, Samantha? I'm doing great. Fantastic. fantastic. Now, before we go to the film, Jerry, let's talk about the premiere you went to, about the people you met, and hopefully you met our good friend Morgan Freeman. You know, sadly, I did not meet Morgan Freeman, uh, but I did meet a lot of people, including a couple trainers that actually trained the real winter. Well, the winter, there was no fake winter, but yeah. trained for real in um, the real story, not the movie. So it was really cool. I swear, after the, the red carpet, you just say, hey, let's get some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So what kind of questions did you ask the um, trainers for Dolphin Tale? You know, I asked questions like, was it very difficult to train the dolphin? And questions like that. And I also trained them, how did you train her? Because it's ta- challenging to train a uh, fish. As Morgan Freeman quotes in the line, looks like a fish, smells like a fish. So It's a fish, but it's not. Yes, it's a mammal. It's a mammal. For kids out there, dolphins are mammals. And what would they... Sorry, go. Even though they live in the ocean. That is true. And what were the answers to those questions? They answer questions like uh, they'd start off simple stuff and then found stuff that she liked. Like in the movie, you can see she likes this little rubber yuck, this rubber yellow toy. Mm. And so they treated her with that. And her new companion, she has, co- he, she has to have a companion in the movie, likes being squirted in the mouth of water to drink. So... All dolphins like something special. Of course, and it looks like fun little creatures to at least train. It looked like they had a fun time. It does, but they are still wild animals, so they can be vicious. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I think winter looks a little bit fr- looks friendly. But um, Samantha, you went to the advanced screening in New York. So can you tell us a little bit about the story of the film? The story about the film is basically um, about winter and about the Clearwater Rescue Team that if you saw the the first movie you might think that they're all done that winter is saved but they're not they're still at it they're still working and still trying to help winter um she winter's best friend Panama dies and they need to find another poolmate for winter fast cuz Panama was winter's best friend and winter goes into such a deep depression that now the clock is ticking and they need to find another um, poolmate for Winterfast. And since it is, based, it is based off a true story, and this is a sequel, did you see the first film, Samantha? I did, but it was a long time ago, so I kind of forgot. So did you find it easy to get back into? And, if, and what if people who haven't seen the first film, do you think they'll be able to enjoy the film? Um, yes, I think they would be able to enjoy the film because my mom, she didn't see the first film and she still, she was crying throughout the movie and I thought that was really funny. But, um, 
she still loved the film, and I still love the film, even though I can like hardly remember the first film. Hmm. And Jerry, talk about the acting in this film. Like, how did they do a good job portraying the real life characters? Well, most of the cast was exactly the same as the last one. Of course, there are new characters, and um, it's actually silly. The director played a very small role in the film, where he had to play this guy from like this marine organization that's like national mm-hmm. so the director even played an acting part and they all did wonderfully they all played their emotions i know one of the actors who kind of owned the entire aquarium had to like make some hard decisions and he did that perfectly and you can really see how the actors grew from their last roles a couple of years ago because in real life this actually happened seven years after winter was found wow and also, I do like it when we have sequels and you actually get the actors from the original film. It's kind of nice to have that. It's, it's, it's very rare to happen. Yes, it is. And since it is a real story, it's very good that they did. Because if they got a whole new cast, it would be kind of weird with completely new people. It's good that they kept the same cast so you can kind of see them evolve. Yeah, and I bet the actors in this film really fought, got excited because as an actor, you always want to make your character more three-dimensional. And when you gain that chance to experiment with that character, it's just a fun time. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're talking about the film's Dolphin Tale 2, also the L.A. premiere that happened, and the film's Innocence and Forgotten Four. Right now I was talking with Jerry and Samantha on how Jerry went to the premiere and he met the trainer for Winter, and how they had a fun time training him, and how the actors are back, and it's just a great film. So, Samantha, what would you say your favorite character in this film was? My favorite character was, um, had to be Hazel. Um, Why is that? I like how she was just very active with all the animals. She was very, like, she was always in the mix. She always wanted to help. And um, my favorite thing about her was that she was always walking off the little camera, getting all of the all of the footage of when an animal got rescued or when an animal was, like, being set out back to sea. Um, I really like that because, to me, that shows that she cared for the animals and she wanted to get, like, she wanted to, she watched them progress and she just loved all the animals and I love animals and I thought that was really nice of her. So you very kind of related to the character because you both love animals. Yeah. Yeah. And... It seems like a great character. And what did you think about the actress who played her? Um, the actress who played her, she was she was great. She um, she was just like she fit into the role perfectly. It was like she was born for the role. I liked how she she played her character very well. Even in the first Dolphin Tale, she was a great actress. It's always great to always have the actors just come back and really portray these characters, especially if it's based off a true story. Now, Jerry. After the film is over, what have we learned? What is the moral? Well, I think really the moral is never to give up because, well, it's kind of hard to spoil anything considering the trailer spoils everything. But anyway, it's pretty much the moral is that never give up because Winter can be moved from the aquarium or hospital permanently because she doesn't have a female mate in the pool, not a like mate to reproduce, but a mate, just a friend. Yeah. Because it's legally needed that there's at least two dolphins in the same pool. She can't be alone. So 
and they're thinking of giving up. It's they they can't do anything. I mean, they had a dolphin that could be with her, but they had to let her go. She was all healed, and it's against their own policy to keep a dolphin that's healed. So, so go on. So the moral is definitely not to give up because the main kid Sawyer. He didn't give up, and he kept trying, and then there's a miracle. And I think we all know what that miracle is. I love the saying on the post, uh, at last, winter has hope. That's oh, that's a great opening line. And it's a story about friendship, and that's always great to have. So, Samantha, what would you say the age range for this film is? Who would like that? Well, in my review, I actually said from 7, um, from seven to 71, because I thought anybody can see this movie. It was just, it was amazing. I thought, I think that it was heartwarming. I think that um, little kids could understand it. And it's, and it was actually better than like the little cartoon movies that are made for kids. The little, when the little animals talk. I think that it's a great movie for kids instead of the little cartoon animals. And how many stars would you give this film? Um, I give this movie five out of five stars. It was heartwarming. It was sad. It was funny. Um, one of the best movies in a while. Hmm. And Jerry, how many stars would you give this film? No, I would have to agree five out of five stars. And another thing I liked is that they added Bethany, a surfer who lost her arm from a shark, to it because Bethany and Winter were kind of the same. They both lost something but recovered from it and are now inspiring others. So Bethany was also in this film kind of just uh, talking about it, about her story at the aquarium which I thought was a perfect piece of it because it really does show they are very alike. So it's a dolphin and a human. They both went through something and inspired others from it. So I think it was a very smart choice from the director. Well, that was a cool cameo. I mean, I didn't even know that was in there. That's cool. Well, that even shows that just because we're dip- and we're all the same either way. So I'd like to thank you so much, Jerry and Samantha, for talking about Dolphin Tail with me. You're very welcome. Thank you, and this film is out on September 12th, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we have just finished speaking to Jerry and Samantha about Dolphin Tale 2, LA and LA Premiere. And next we are going to talk about Forgotten Four, the integration of pro football, uh, Dolphin Tale 2, the film, once again, and Innocence. So right now let's continue speaking with Kiefer about Forgotten Four. Thank you for joining us today, Kiefer, even Thank though you've you. already been here, but... yes. So let's dive right into it. Tell me about okay. the film Forgotten Four. Well, Forgotten Four is a documentary that literally tackles <laughs> um, <laughs> the history of the first four African-American pro football players during the time of segregation. It's about um, each of their stories and Paul Brown, the man who brings them all together. And it's a great film about these four pioneers that, li- that opened the door to a brighter future. Ooh. I I saw <laughs> I just had to take a moment there to process. <laughs> but I saw the trailer for it and I was just like, well, it seems like a really good film, but like this was before I saw the trailer. And I and then I saw the trailer and I'm just like, so I need to go see this film right now. <laughs> um because I'm I'm really into that. I'm really into that type of stuff. So to see that they're making more films and documentaries about it really makes me happy. <laughs> so, who do you think in will enjoy this film the most? I think a lot of, um, not just sports fanatics, because I'm not much of a sports. I am, I don't, can't even throw a football. I can't even play golf. So I'm not it's much. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> you know, don't, don't feel bad for me. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm not a sports fanatic, but when I saw this, I still enjoyed it. I love the history of the film. I love the, it recognizes people who don't really get the recognition they deserve. So sports fanatics can really inter- uh, can get into it more because like, oh, I know that name from a long time ago. My, my <laughs> father may have a football court of him. Like, anyway, something like that. But just people who want to learn about the subject or just kids because I feel like parents could show them this because it, it shows them the people not like, everyone knows, I believe, the story of Jackie Robinson. So, but yes. if, Sorry, let me try to get this together. <laughs> but these four, without these four, Jackie Robinson would even be in the majors. True. Because Branch Ricky said, had I not had the experience of seeing you and Bill Willis, one of the African-American football players, in a contact sport without incident, I might have not had the courage to bring Jackie up into the majors. So they had a big impact on history. Well, you, you've got to think about it as like, I mean, there's pioneers and everything. Yeah. And, but there's different, like, just say, yeah, let's do just football. There's different kinds of pioneers. Like, there's pi- the first African, there's, okay, the first African-American to go to a college for football, like, on yes. scholarship. And then there's a pioneer for a first, for, <laughs> I have to gather my thoughts. See, we're both, we're both having problems okay. here. Uh, there's a first for everything, like, the first African-American to be a quarterback on a college team and then there's the first african-american to be on the big league so there's a first for everything there's pioneers for everything and it's like if this person didn't do this at this time then this person that went to the pros may not have done that so it's like everything falls into place and everyone has their certain spots so i totally understand what you're saying (laughs) who is your favorite character out of the four men who are your who is your favorite character and why Oh, out of the four men? Can I pick someone out of the four men? Yes, sure. Okay. Uh, I will have to go with Paul Brown, which is the coach of the Cleveland Browns 
pretty much the man who brought all of these four together in the first place. He is a white coach. Now, the reason I bring this up is because it makes it even more of a amazing story because sure. I, I admire this man not only for his teaching skills but for, and his dedication and determination for, the, for his love of the game, but his desire to win with the best players, no matter what the skin color is. And that way of thinking was almost unthinkable and yet very courageous. And this man treated football as a philosophy. It's not just men running back and forth tackling each other. It's, it's a way of life for the people who are good at it. And I love this documentary and how it explains that and how it shows the love of football and the family that, these, that football teams are and should be. Yeah, it's like they have, I mean, everyone has their own little family. Like, kids first, this is our family. This yeah. is our gathering. This is our homies. <laughs> Had to say that. Um, <laughs> but everyone has their own little group that it's like their family away from family. So, you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today, we are talking about Forgotten Four, the integration of pro football, Dolphin Tales 2, and Innocence. So right now, let's continue speaking with Kiefer about Forgotten Four, and we were just speaking about his favorite character and everyone has families. And what you said before, not like before, like right before, but before before, <laughs> I had to clarify, <laughs> um, about how children can see these documentaries. I feel like there is a documentary. Am I saying that right, documentary? Yes, you are. You are. Okay, because my mom like says one thing and I say another, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> they, I think there's a documentary on everything. So it's like if you want to be a firefighter, I know there's a documentary for that. And if you want to be a nurse or a doctor or anything in the medical field, I know there's a documentary about that. So I feel like they kind of make documentaries for enjoyment, but they also make it so that children and people who want to do it can learn more about it in, without the whole film covering about it because that may be not so much as true as a documentary. So just I wanted to put that out there. I totally agree with you. I, I, I want to step in here for one minute saying that documentaries are a wonderful film art form because they're always a thousand steps above videos you show in your classroom and you have to take notes on them like, oh, mm-hmm. do I have to take notes on them? No, it's, it is a beautiful art form of showing people's lives or a way of life or just anything, football, um, firefighters, or even film. I mean, documentaries are just a wonderful art form, so I totally agree with you there. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Our minds connected. (laughs) What makes this documentary different from all the others? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I pondered on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like one of the reasons this documentary is, is... different from others because it is talking about a subject that's not usually expressed enough. I mean, known stories like maybe like the American Revolution, the Civil War, I mean, documentaries like that, there's quite a few documentaries that you can choose from. However, I don't know many besides this film that talks about Kenny Washington, Marilyn Motley, Bill Willis, or Woody Strode. This, and I do thank you so much for the filmmakers to just show a film that's that most people don't know about uh, a subject that most people don't know about it's and also common. it's not common there's the word i'm talking about and i can quit rambling because i know that word now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like um when people when like the world war one documentaries and all those i've like i feel like every kid because they're in school in high school and middle school you see it about seven times in just that alone school period 
because that's all they show. Like in history yeah. classes, they show World War One, they show the revolution, and they show all these like the Industrial Revolution. I feel like that's all they show, but it's not really in like different different avenues of different things. Like people, mm. I love documentaries on people because it's like it's not such a broad statement. It's like you can really dig deep about that one person, or in this case, four people. Yes. So I like when it's I like when it's a specified thing and not just a big thing that everyone knows about so yeah. i do understand when you say that they need more things that aren't common there we go <laughs> there we go how many stars do you give this film i do give this a whopping five football sorry five stars <laughs> um i give this five stars because of, it, of its subject matter of how they express it and just making documentary a stronger art form and showing that people showing people history in the making in the world of film yeah i feel like they do film after film after film and then once in a while they do a documentary and i'm just like no it should be like film film documentary documentary film film <laughs> like i'm gonna send that to them like the order of which you should make films <laughs> <laughs> sign me up for that yeah I'll yeah i will we'll be a committee <laughs> So please tell us the age range, because I said, like, I asked you before, who would be most interested, and it's like a, I'll let you speak, I won't speak for you. No, it's okay, totally fine. I, it's a subject, it's a very touchy subject, but it's a wonderful subject either way. Uh, I give, I would say 12 to 18 year olds, because, again, there is language, but sure. they do show visuals. That can be hard to see through, and I'm glad they show them, because it does show the hardship that happened during the time of segregation. Um, like one of the hardest ones is just say um, African Americans just being hung. I know that's a gloomy, that's a very grim image to think about, but that's what they show, and you need to know that they show that. But if they didn't open up the film like this, the stories they tell wouldn't seem as marvelous. They wouldn't seem as yeah. miraculous. So I would say that. But parents, if you feel like your kids can watch this and handle this, please let them see this. I really do strongly say that because it is a great film, and it's a documentary. It's a fantastic documentary. Yeah, you have to understand, like, if, since it is a documentary, that's all the more that they need to show that because this is what actually happened. Yeah, I mean, in films all, also because they're trying to portray what actually happened, but especially in documentaries. It's perfect. Thank you, thank you. Well, Kiefer, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about The Forgotten Four. Thank you very much. I have rambled enough. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Listening to your rambling. Thank you. <laughs> it's coming to Epic September 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern, so please check that out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. 
you'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. Every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly, our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune into What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening... You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. And today we were talking about the, the films Dolphin Terror 2 and the L.A. premiere with James Mantha. Also talked about the film Forgotten 4. And right now I am talking with Raven Devaney on the new horror film Innocence. And this is our horror expert right here. So th- yes, hello, Raven. Yes, yes. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Fantastic. So let's dive right in. Can you tell us the synopsis for this film? Absolutely. So Innocence is a new sort of thriller slash horror film. And um, it's about a girl named uh, Rebecca, but everybody calls her Beckett. And her mom um, dies in an accident, a surfing incident. And after that happens, her and her father decide to move to the city to get a fresh start on life. It's, you know, too hard for them living in the same house where her mother died. And, you know, so they want to get away from their old life and start a new life in the city. 
And uh, Beckett enrolls in a very prestigious uh, preparatory school called Hamilton Prep. And she begins attending. And immediately, things start going a little bit weird for her. She starts, like, getting dizzy spells and passing out. She sleeps all day. She's having awful nightmares. She's uh, seeing things that aren't really there and hearing things. And everybody thinks it's just because she's traumatized from her mom passing. But things get even weirder when a string of mysterious suicides start to pop up at Hamilton Prep, and Beckett is determined to figure out what's going on before anybody else is killed. And for the rest of this interview, I am sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> Thank you very much, and we're going on. So, spoiler, we're back to teen vampires, yay or nay to this statement. Um, no, there's no vampires, there's no werewolves, um, so I'm happy about that, that's good. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Well, my sources and intel have lied to me, okay. Yes. Okay, so I'm, that's good. Sorry, I'm, I'm not bashing vampires or werewolves, I'm just wanting something new, and I'm glad we're getting there something may new. Be, there may be another sort of supernatural uh, qualities to this film besides vampires and werewolves. Oh, joy. This so look out for that. Watch out for that. <laughs> well, for the way to synopsis, it's almost like a... I love these kind of horror films. I mean, I'm not a horror film type, but I like the type that's just not monster. It actually sounds like a psychological yeah, sort of battle. Yeah, it's way more psychological, which I really, really like, because I love horror films of all type, like all over the spectrum and whatnot. Um, but definitely my favorite and the, and the ones that stick with me the most and leave the biggest impression on me is psychological because anybody can just like throw a bunch of blood at the screen and monsters and whatnot. Yeah. But it takes a lot of talent to, meth, to mess with somebody's um, brain, to mess with someone's emotions, to make it be psychological. And this film is definitely a psychological thriller. When you always say that, it reminds me of a, like an Alfred Hitchcock trailer he did for Psycho and how it, he just explores the house of Norman Bates and it, he toys with your mind of what's going to happen in this house. So, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> mind games. So back to the film. What do you think about the acting? Um, I think the acting is really wonderful. The main character, Beckett, played by Sophie Curtis, she's fantastic. And something that I really like about her, she's my favorite character, so this is kind of two questions in one, but I think her acting is incredible because the character Beckett, um, she's 16, she's just moved away from her home to a new city, she has a new school, she doesn't know anyone, her mom has died, so she's very uh, guarded and closed off because she's been through so much, you know, and I, I don't blame her. I'd be very guarded and closed off if all that happened to me. So um, Sophie Curtis, the actress, is able to show all of the emotions and the inner turmoil that she's going through while also being able to portray the fact that she is trying to hide her emotions and she is very closed off. So I think that duality was very cool to see on the screen. Mm. And is it like a kind of a one-person kind of movie, like she takes over it all, or is it one of those ones where she interacts with some people? Um, she that? definitely interacts with characters at her school. It's mainly about her, and um, yeah, it mostly follows her, but there's definitely her father plays a pretty big role in it. He's, um, he's a very well-known author in the film, uh, so that definitely plays a role. Uh, her school is a huge part, obviously, since there's all this stuff happening, but yeah, she has uh, friends and acquaintances at her school, but I just think her acting definitely uh, stole the show because she she did a wonderful job in it. Fantastic. And here's a question another thing I wrote. What is the scariest part in this whole film? Now, don't give too much away, but kind of 
give us some detail. Okay. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> I think, the, well, one of the most suspenseful parts in the film, or okay. one of the films that really sort of, or one of the parts of the film that really got me, was when she starts to realize that these aren't just random occurrences, these aren't just random suicides that are happening. Um, everything sort of ties together. And as soon as she starts piecing everything together and kind of figuring out, like, everything isn't as it seems, that's when it definitely gets a little bit scary. Ooh, realization, scariest thing in the world. Like realizing <laughs> you have homework today. <laughs> yeah, oh goodness, don't remind me. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're talking about the film's Dolphin Tale 2, the LA premiere as well, and the, mov- the documentary Forgotten For. Right now I was talking with Raven on the movie Innocence and how the scariest part was when she realized that these supposed suicides were not... Oh, didn't act, well, we're not suicides. Let's just put it at that. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> back to this terrifying experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you say about your favorites? Um, what if, uh, by the end of this film, what if we learn? Is there anything that we learn? Um, I think definitely everything isn't as it seems. And also to trust your instincts because Beckett knew deep down that something wasn't really right even though people were like oh you're just tired or you know oh go to bed and whatnot and people at her school started saying oh you know take this medicine it'll help you sleep it'll help you get better and she knew that something wasn't right and because she you know refused to to do necessarily what her uh, authorities told her to she saved herself and you know made it out kind of i don't want to give anything away mm-hmm. So pretty much, do not go into the scary building in a haunted movie. Yes, and trust your instincts, for sure. Okay, so there we go. So, since this is a horror film, do you think it's only for people who are fans of, like, scary films, or is it for... Um, no, there's definitely, I mean, it's not too scary or anything like that. It's definitely, um, it definitely sends chills down your spine, but it's not enough to keep you awake at night, I'd say. Um, so there's definitely a little bit of romance in it too with Beckett and, uh, a fellow classmate of hers. And, um, you know, I definitely think if you like any mystery or suspense or anything along those lines, check it out. But if you're not a fan of the genre at all, I would steer clear because it definitely is in the horror and thriller category. Well, then I was trying to clear of it, but just because <laughs> you were viewed in, because I am brave, I'm going to watch this film. It sounds like a fantastic psychological film, which I do enjoy. And the cinematography and the music and everything is done very well. So even if the storyline scares you, you can still watch it just for, you know, the sake of art and whatnot. <laughs> what kind of cinematography um, are you talking about? Um, well, definitely. I mean, the the film opens up with beautiful shots of uh, landscape and whatnot and where Beckett lives. Um, but I guess the whole feel of like the cinematography and the feel of the visuals, it's very overcast and rainy and dreary, which is my favorite type of weather. And I feel like they were able to capture the essence of what it's like on a cloudy, rainy day and put it into the cinematography. So even if even if it's not raining necessarily, the visuals just have this very dreary, gloomy feel to it. It, and so it definitely adds to the uh, suspense of the film. That's why it's called motion pictures. Yes. I, I like a film where, where you could just recognize just by a clip of the film. Like if you just see a picture from the film, you're just like, oh, I know what that film is. Just those yeah. memorable visuals. 
And then what would you say the age range for this film is? Um, I'd say probably 14 and up mm. um, because there is, it's definitely scary, um, but there is a, a lot of sort of sexual situations and um, language since it is around teenagers and it is called Innocence, so it sort of revolves around that a little bit. So I definitely say 14 ah, and up. I just got that. Okay. <laughs> See, that's when, the, that's when the mind starts processing like, okay. There we go. <laughs> so, one last question. I believe this. I believe I asked this question somehow. But what was what makes this different from other horror films? Um, definitely because it is more psychological, and it does stay. It's very grounded. It's not like super out there. You know, there are parts of it where it it definitely takes a supernatural turn. But for the most part, um. It's very realistic, and it's not just like, oh, monsters and blood and guts and everything. It, there's a lot more thought to it. Well, sounds like a great film. I will see if I can check it out. So thank you very much, Raven, for talking about Innocence. Absolutely. Let's take a break. I'm your, I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice of the Kids. Worm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today, we have just finished speaking to Raven about Innocence, and next we are going to talk about the film Dolphin Tale 2. So right now, let's... We are speaking to Catherine about Dolphin Tale 2. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fabulous. It is nice to see, well, not see, but talk to you today. So tell us all about the film Dolphin Tale 2. Dolphin Tale 2 is um, pretty much just an attachment to the first Dolphin Tale, which is about a dolphin named Winter who um, needs a prosthetic tail. Because he really doesn't have a tail. Um, but Dolphin Tale 2 takes place three years later when um, a bunch of people from the cast return and we just go on a bunch of adventures with um, Hope and Winter. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Wow. Um, for Wait, for one second, since you're nine and I didn't know you were nine, you sounded a lot older. I just wanted to put that out there. You sound very... 
very sure of yourself and very confident. I just wanted to put that out there so that you know because not a lot of people, not a lot of people can do that. I know I couldn't. That was a problem for me. <laughs> so this film has tons of stars. I mean, Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman. Can you tell me a little bit about their acting? Um, it was really good. I um, I think that um. The returning stars actually made it um, a lot more fun. Um, it was more interesting because in the first one, um, there were some of the same people like Nathan Gamble, Cozy Zulsdorf, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, all those people. Um, and I, uh, personally, I don't like it when they change the characters in the second one. So I really liked how there were some of the same characters in the first one and the second one. So you kind of knew what you were dealing with in the second one. Yeah, they didn't have to spend time introducing everyone because you already knew. Because it's like when they make first, like when they make first films, and then they make second films, and they make third films. If you keep changing it, people will never be connected to it as they were with the first one because they get used to the first one. They get used to all the people. And when you change it, it's like it was perfectly fine. No need to change it. So I totally understand where you're coming from. So Catherine, who's your favorite character? Oh, uh, my favorite character is. Uh Sawyer, he's definitely my favorite character. I thought he was really good um, showing different emotions on how he felt throughout the movie when he had to make a decision to either leave or stay with Winter. Uh, I thought I just thought he just did a really, really good job. With his emotions and showing yeah. how much he loved her. Mm -hmm. What stands out in this film? Because I feel, this is my belief, that every film has something that it just stands out. It just makes the whole film what it is. Um, yeah, the cinematography was really, really good. I think, um, the cinematographer was, uh, he got everything really, like, perfect in the ocean, like, and inside the aquarium. So I think he did a really good job with the photography and the cinematography. It was really good. Yeah, nice close-ups, far shots, that zoom in, zoom out type stuff. <laughs> So, Charles Martin Smith, who directs this film, and Dolphin Tales, Stone of Destiny, Icon, The Snowwalker, Airbud, I mean, there's bunches of films that he directed, and TV shows. How do you think he does in directing this film? I think um, he did a good job putting together the different thing or the different scenes and um, stuff, and um, he made it really... Uh, really touching and emotional because he had to make like everyone feel really sad if something sad happens or the dolphin dies or something and then ha had to make it really happy when something happy was happening so like they had to put in a special effect or a special music sound cue thing so I think he did a good job directing and yeah yeah, because people think that, like, directors, they, they're just like, oh, well, director, I mean, well, some people, not all people, but some people think that directors have it easy. They're just like, oh, they just have to tell people what to do, and that's about it. I mean, that is such an understatement. They have to, if they tell you what to do, then that, then that means they know everything and anything about what you're doing. So that means directors have to learn everything. They have to learn about acting. They have to learn about producing they have to learn about writing they have to learn a little bit about everything so that they know 
when they're telling you to do something, they're educated on what they're doing. So uh, directors they have it tough. I mean, and they do an amazing job. So thank you. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are talking about the film Dolphin Tale 2. So right now let's continue speaking with Catherine about Dolphin Tale 2. And we were just speaking about Charles Martin Smith and his directing skills and how being a director is not that easy. So how do you think this film carries on the plot line of the first Dolphin Tale? Because, I mean, it does continue. This is a continuation. So how do you think they continued the plot? Well, in the first movie, when Winter loses his tail, um, the doctor, he makes this first tale. So um, in the end of the movie, when they're trying to put hope with Winter, he brings out... Um, he brings out one of his new tails, and he says, well, here, how about you try this on Winter? And I thought that reminded me a lot of in the beginning, when they were in the first one, when they were trying to fit the tails on Winter, but Winter didn't like the tails. So it made me think, hmm, what if Winter doesn't like the tail? What if it doesn't go well? What if he hurts Hope with it? Or something like that. So I think they did a good job carrying on what happened in the first one to the second one. Yeah, like if, uh, it references back. I watch TV shows all the time, and I'm a TV junkie, secretly. Um, and when they make one episode, and then they make another episode, and it's not a continuation, like, it's not the same scene. And I know they never do this. Like, they rarely ever do this. But I know a few TV shows that, like, it's basically the same scene, and they just continue on. It's like a big, long movie that they just continue. And I love when that happens. I love when you can obviously see the continuation. So I'm glad that this film has a phenomenal continuation rate. How about the music? Because since this film seems like a very heartwarming and heartfelt film, how was the music? The music went well with some of the um, with the scenes. Um, like when something bad happened, they would have like sad music, like ah, you know it. Yeah, it connected um, with you well. <laughs> but when it has to be like happy music, like oh yay, they want to be together, or woohoo, it's saved, or something like that, the music's all happy and springy and joyful. So uh, the music dire- dire- director definitely did a good job with that. Yeah, I think I feel like it's amazing that music can make you feel different things, and it's not like it's saying in the song like instrumentals. I'm talking about instrumentals mainly, but when it's not like the film says in it, be happy. It does not say that, but the the listen to it, when you listen to it, the beats and the the steps and what it makes you feel, like that points you towards different emotions. And I think it's amazing and phenomenal that music can push you towards different emotions just like acting can and just like dance can and just like art can. So I feel like art pushes you towards different emotions. That is my rant for today. <laughs> So Bethany Hamilton also stars in this film. What do you think of her appearance? Her appearance, sorry. Uh, I think that was really cool. I really like it when she, uh, when Sawyer swims with Winter and Bethany Hamilton. I think it's really inspiring how they put Winter and Bethany Hamilton together because yeah. they're like sort of the same thing. Like it, the same thing happened to both of them. So. Why not just put them together and be like, yeah, like, that's really inspiring for people who are like her and like Winter. 
they were probably yeah. happy about that. It's like a connection that that it's like a connection that only they have. It's like, well, you went through this and I went through this and we're kind of together and connected in that way. So when I see that, well, because I already know I'm going to see this in the very, very near future. Um, I think I'm seeing it on Friday, but I, I will be like, see, I, I just get really heartfelt with that, <laughs> with that kind of stuff. So anyway, enough about me. How many stars do you give this film and why? Oh, I give it five stars. I loved it. It was it was just awesome. You I, loved every single part of it. It was really cool. Tell us about the age range. Like, who would love this film, and who like is it a family film, or or what the age range is? Well, I said six to eighteen, but I think other people would like it because, like, who doesn't love dolphins? You know. Um, right. I think that the messages. Um, can inspire people like to never give up or change is good, but in experiencing new things, you have to leave old things behind, you know? So um, I think that uh, uh, 6 to 18 would probably be best, but I think um, it's a great family film for everybody in the family, and it doesn't really matter how old you are. I think everybody will love it. Yeah, it does. It definitely does seem like a family film. Like you can snuggle up with some popcorn and some butter, and on a Friday night, chill with this movie. So I definitely understand that. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Dolphin Tale too. Um, and I just want to remind everybody that it comes. Uh, you can see it actually September twelfth in theaters nationwide. So, um. I hope everybody gets a chance to see it, and I hope everyone enjoys the movie. I'm sure we all will. Yes, please check that out. Just again, it comes out September 12th, so that I can say that again. <laughs> please look for our reviews on the Huffington Post. We're in the teen section, and our blog is called Kids First. Thanks so much for joining with us today. This is your host, Brianna Hope Beaton, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch more film reviews and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org and check out our Kids First blog on the Huffington Post. This show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kids Star Radio. We empower kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. Cynthia Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kids Store album of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball And her eyes are set on you She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall There's nothing you can do One time she drew a beat on Fred Back when he first moved in she slung one straight upside his head Fred hasn't played since then We laughed when we first saw her throw With that wind-up fling and twirl Now every single kid I know Tries throwing like that girl But none of us have matched her way Perhaps it's in the eyes 
she plays We drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Every day Mary puts us in our place Though we try, we cannot get away From that Mona Lisa face Each day we wonder who it is She's gonna level first And when she's through with what she does We all line up for the nurse Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat When I go out into the world Don't know what job I'll do But I can bet I'm no one girl Who's gonna run a wrecking crew Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law, she should even play it on Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard She's gonna wind up hard She's gonna wind up hard And you'll wind up flat The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to a muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kid Star website www.kidstar.org.